Welcome to the Mindful Life Podcast. Join me, your host, Marianne Eve, mental health social worker and mindfulness educator, as I navigate living my best life with the intention to educate and raise the collective consciousness around the benefits of living a mindful life. Each week via the Mindful Life Podcast, I will bring to you a range of content, including special guests that explore mindfulness, mindset, and mental health. Are you feeling tired or are you under stress? Are you overloaded or just generally feeling overwhelmed? Well, I'm really excited to share a very special stress reduction tool that I've been using and recommending to my clients for a number of years. Calm is the number one app for meditation, relaxation and sleep. With over 21 million downloads and achieving the Apple App of the Year in 2017, Calm is so perfectly aligned with all that I do as a mental health professional and all that I teach here at the Mindful Life Podcast. It is the perfect stress relief strategy and the perfect mindfulness tool. The app has so many fantastic and easy to use features, including Daily Calm, a brand new 10 minute meditation every day, 100 plus guided meditations covering anxiety, focus, gratitude, and so much more. 80 plus sleep stories to settle the mind and relax the body. Exclusive music tracks for focus, relaxation, and sleep. Calm Masterclass featuring world-renowned mindfulness experts. My personal favorites include sleep stories, and I've recently discovered Calm Music, which I have on a continuous loop at my practice, in counseling sessions, and in classes. I also love the Calm Masterclass videos, which cover some fantastic topics, including gratitude, happiness, and mindful eating. And not to mention all the great features the app now offers for kids, including sleep stories, meditations, and lullabies. I'm so very excited to be partnering with Calm to bring you, my listeners, some amazing offers. Calm is so generously offering the Mindful Life podcast listeners a free four-week subscription to the Calm Premium app. All you need to do is head to the following link, calm.com forward slash calm health trial. That's calm.com forward slash calm health trial. And just follow the prompts to enjoy your free four-week trial of Calm Premium. You'll be feeling calm, relaxed and at peace in no time. The Mindful Life podcast acknowledges the Wurundjeri people who are the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast was recorded. We recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community and pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Please be advised that the content and the subject of today's episode may be distressing for some listeners. It deals with the subject of family violence and in particular male violence against women. This episode is not suitable for children. Please exercise listener discretion. And if you feel you may be upset or triggered by listening, you may want to consider whether this episode is suitable for you. Australian mental health support numbers, including family violence support numbers, are listed in the show notes if you do require support 
or assistance. Hello and thanks for joining me for episode number 23 of the Mindful Life podcast. In today's episode, I talk about the confronting subject of family violence. Today, March the 8th, 2019 is International Women's Day. International Women's Day is celebrated in many countries around the world. It's a day when women are recognised for their achievements without regards to divisions, whether national, ethnic, linguistic, cultural, economic or political. On this day, I have chosen to use my platform both as a woman and as a mental health worker to put the spotlight on the confronting issue of family violence and more specifically men's violence against women. I make no apologies for figuratively reigning on the today's International Women's Day Parade with more than one woman losing her life every week to male violence in this so-called lucky country, we need to shine that spotlight brightly and talk and keep talking about this very important issue. Today I share my insights and observations on this difficult and often controversial subject, a topic that makes so many uncomfortable. With around a quarter of my clients at any one time being a family violence referral, sometimes perpetrators and sometimes victims, I've learned a lot and I've got a lot to say and I hope after listening to my insights you too will be given some food for thought which may in turn mobilise you to speak up where you can and work to create a safe and independent future not only for our daughters but for all future generations. Today March the 8th is International Women's Day, a day where worldwide we celebrate the achievements of women and applaud how far we as women have come and how our sisters who came before us paved the way for a better life for us and for our independence and equality. Thank you, dear sisters. I'm a woman and I work with women and I live my life as a white middle-class woman with many privileges and much independence that is not afforded to my sisters in other countries or even in some parts of this so-called lucky country we live in. In my role, I fight every day for the equality and the social justice for women. A great deal of my core business is working with women. Just yesterday, on the eve of International Women's Day, I met with a beautiful, strong, resilient female client. She is stuck in a relationship with an abusive partner. He's not physically abusive, but that's irrelevant, as we know that verbal and psychological control can be just as damaging and sometimes more so than physical abuse. This woman lives daily with put-downs, manipulation, control and gaslighting. She is one of the many who I fear for on a daily basis. These women are at risk constantly and many are stuck. They do not have the finances to leave and many love their partners and give in to their continued promises of change, change that is often never made. And then there are the women I work with who, thanks to the court system, are forced to hand their children over for access to fathers with a history of violence. These men deserve a chance and, a deserve, and deserve to have a relationship with their children, according to the courts. But what of the children who are fearful of these men, who they have watched abuse their mother? How do I help these women who don't want to send their children into the lion's den? I just want to tell these mums to bundle their children up and to run away, but that would be breaching court orders, resulting in these women potentially losing custody of their children for breaching said orders. Well, then there is the 21-year-old uni student studying to be a doctor who's had her boyfriend choke her just once, 
till she was unconscious because she dared to text a fellow student about a group assessment. Please don't contact the police, she pleaded with me. I'll deny the whole thing. I don't want to make him angry. These are just some of the stories I hear weekly and sometimes daily. And the bigger picture beyond the doors of my clinic, 11 women murdered in Australia so far just this year. That must be more than one a week if we sit down and do the maths. And just this week in Sydney, a 23-year-old health professional murdered by her ex, who was also a health professional, because she dared to reject him. Why do I mention that they were health professionals? Because I really want to illustrate that family violence transcends all classes. It's not just the low socioeconomic or the drug users or the unemployed or the uneducated. The perpetrators are often respected members of the community. And in my experience with the work I do, they are doctors, lawyers, soldiers, police officers, and yes, health professionals. And the victims also come from a range of backgrounds. Clearly, we can see that family violence does not discriminate. Being educated does not make you immune. The fact that the latest victim was a health professional is irrelevant. In many ways, as Tarang Chawla states, Preeti Reddy was a beloved dentist, adored by colleagues and friends alike. And yet it does not matter whether she was a dentist, a dancer or a delinquent. It simply matters that she was and she should still be here. Tarang is a spokesperson for ending violence against women and he's well placed to do this. His beautiful sister Nikki's life was tragically taken in January 2015 in a senseless act of men's violence. Nikki was 23. She had her whole life ahead of her, but her, her ex decided that she had to pay for leaving him. There's an organisation that counts dead women here in Australia. They're known as Destroy the Joint. Amongst other stuff, this page, which can be found on Facebook, has tasked itself with the role of counting the deaths of women who are murdered in Australia. This is such important work. The Red Heart campaign, which is headed up by family violence activist Sherelle Moody, is also doing some similar work. I used to follow both of these pages closely, but it became too much. The vicarious trauma of the stories I was reading would eat away at me. I couldn't bear to hear of another death of a beautiful woman week in and week out, and sometimes more than once a week. It was just too much. So I feel, if I feel this way, if I can't bear to hear it anymore, I'm sure there are many others out there that feel it too. It's too painful to watch and it can become a bit like compassion fatigue. We get sick of seeing the stats and sick of hearing the stories. It's too much to bear. So yes, let's close our eyes or look away as it's just too much to take or we can keep watching and become desensitized, just accepting that this is the norm. Or maybe we jump up and down and make noises saying it's got to stop and then God forbid we are seen as a man-hating feminist and we are faced with the cries of not all men and men get abused too. It's just so common for people, not always men, but usually men, to want to derail the conversations, to shift the issue away from uh, the subject of men's violence against women and that in itself is a whole other subject. So what is the answer? What's the answer to reducing or even better eradicating men's violence against women? How can we make it safer for future generations? 
Unfortunately, I don't have a concrete answer. Uh, but in my opinion, both personal and professional, there is so much underlying why men choose to use power, control and violence in their relationships. And yes, I say choose because it is a choice. Based on my insights, it's about ego and it's about entitlement, power and control. It's about men who are too afraid to express their emotions. So they push it down and push it down until things come to a head and then it all comes exploding out in anger. It's about men who refuse to accept rejection, who refuse to take no for an answer and refuse to accept that a relationship has ended. It's about men who have fixed ideas and are driven by their ego. And it's also about a society that sees women as the property of men and men who think this way in their own relationships, who believe that their partner is their property and belongs to them. And it's about lack of flexibility and it's about poor communication in relationships. So how am I coming to these conclusions, you may ask? Well, these insights are based on many years of observations of my clients' stories, both perpetrators of family violence and victims of family violence. And I'm a woman and I'm I've also observed many of these behaviours in my own world and in my extended world. I feel the only solution is education and it is unfortunately often too late for men who are already behaving this way. Some can turn it around but it's hard and it's almost, almost like trying to reprogram. It's like stripping away and unlearning old ways of thinking, being and doing. So it can be really hard to change those entrenched ideas, those ways of thinking and that conditioning. So I think we need to begin when uh, boys are very young and educate boys from an early age and of course our girls too. So education on respect, healthy relationships and teaching kids to be resilient. I'm hopeful that education in the younger generations will pave the way for a safer an equal society for our girls. We also need to educate society as a whole and we all need to start calling out sexist and abusive behaviour. We are so up against it though, that is the difficulty. As it's become culture, it's become very entrenched in our ways of thinking um, and in our ways of viewing the world and society. I often hear stories from my female clients along the lines of people know how he treats me and does one person ever say, mate, pull your head in? So it seems that a lot of these behaviours um, aren't being challenged and these ways of doing things and seeing things aren't being challenged. So not sure what we are afraid of in calling out inappropriate and derogatory behaviours, um, but it seems that people are very reluctant to call, um, call out these behaviours and, and to try and um, immobilise people to change in that way. In terms of the legal system, I'm unsure if heavier penalties within the court systems would be effective. AVOs and IVOs are often not a deterrent for some men. And if we look at the evidence, femicide, that is females being murdered by an intimate partner, is often followed by suicide. As Tarang Chawla, who I quoted earlier, states as he discussed the cowardly act of suicide post-murder, murder-suicide is male entitlement writ large. So I think he's really spot on there. Uh, when we strip, strip it right back, it all comes back to entitlement and to control.
So I'm one person and I have little power as one person to affect change when it comes to family violence. However, I'm committed to calling it out and supporting my sisters who are in amongst it or who are survivors that may be rebuilding their lives. My clients who live in these situations inspire me daily. They may be getting ready to leave or they may not yet be in a position to leave or they may have left. So they are a survivor of family violence. Their strength and their resilience and their determination is incredible. Their fierce desire to protect their babies and give them a safe future is what drives them. It's what keeps them going. So on this International Women's Day, I salute my fellow woman and in particular those who are fighting to get their basic needs of safety, security, independence and equality met. I know it's cliche, but we can make a difference if we put all our voices together and we work together. If we keep fighting and we keep pushing, we can keep speaking up whenever and wherever we can. I know I will be and that's all we can do. So thanks for stopping by to listen to today's episode on family violence on this International Women's Day. It truly is a confronting subject, but one that I'm really passionate about. I get a large number of family violence referrals and I have between one to three women on my books at any one time who I'm genuinely fearful for. I genuinely fear for their safety. So if you're someone you know is living in a situation where you feel unsafe, please reach out and get some support. I'll put a list of resources in the show notes. Please don't go it alone. It's an incredibly tough and often scary road. So if you've learned something today or found it helpful, please feel free to share this episode. You never know, it just might help or even enlighten someone else. And if you are listening via a podcast that allows you to leave a review, please consider leaving a few kind words of encouragement and hitting those stars. And until next time, may you have peace in your thoughts and your hearts and share it with others. If for any reason you have found the content of today's podcast triggering or distressing in any way, please consider accessing some professional support. Australian mental health telephone support numbers are listed in the show notes. You've been listening to the Mindful Life podcast with your host, Marianne Eve, mental health social worker and mindfulness educator. If you'd like further information or you'd like to connect, feel free to make contact via Facebook or Instagram under the handle Mindful Life Podcast or via email mindfullifepodcast at gmail.com.